The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value, and so can you. Welcome to the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and wonderful to be uh, back with you again for yet another show on the uh, the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. Um, so uh, today we're going to talk about how to run and attend great events with my guest, Fiona Duncan. But before we speak to Fiona, I want to say a big thank you to Mark Amerigo, who talked to me last week about dealing with confusion and chaos, and uh, his his incredible brain shift method, which I would really recommend listening to. Um, It was a fascinating talking to someone who's project managed and found solutions to attain successful world records, and he's... uh, helped um, uh, find solutions to problems in nuclear power plants uh, for motor vehicle um, problems. He's helped helicopter manufacturers, you name it. And over 25 years, he's developed this incredible career as, um, as really uh, somebody who looks for solutions, a bit like, a bit like House, if anybody sees that on the, uh, on the TV in the United States. So um, do check into that. Um, now, my guest today, uh, Fiona Duncan, has been running events for over 10 years, and now runs what is um, arguably in my region, um, arguably one of the most successful business networks. It's uh, a business network with a difference. It's called the RSVIP Network Socials, and it attracts um, consistently you know, in excess of 100 people paying um, guests into the room every month, uh, month in, month out. And that's a feat that the big national players would just love to emulate. Now, my experiences of her to date are that she's uh, she's very down to earth and brilliantly connected and has become the go to business person in my network. Uh, if you're interested in um, in going to a, a great networking event and venue, and she's also become a real kind of thought leader and expert in the area of networking. So I asked Fiona to join us. I've heard great things about her network. Uh, my colleague, John, is now attending regularly. and uh, I'm sure I will do shortly. And she created um, something which I know is just difficult to do. I was president of the Professional Speaking Association in my region and just getting people to come in month month on uh, and keeping them staying and paying to join your event uh, could be challenging. So I know um, Fiona's got lots of thoughts and ideas about this and, and also from listening and meeting lots of people who network and being involved in that frame, how to network effectively. So we're going to talk about that today. So a big welcome to Fiona Duncan. Thank you, Chris. Hello. So, Fiona, uh, lovely to have you here. Uh, would you tell us a little bit, perhaps, about your childhood? And I found that fascinating when we spoke and planned this over over the phone a few weeks ago, and, and really how it influenced uh, what you're doing now. Yeah, indeed. Um, I was brought up in a single-parent family uh, by my mum, who um, uh, worked full-time while she was bringing up myself and my sister. 
and she was actually and still is in further education for motor vehicle uh, mechanics teaching in colleges uh, and she was a further education lecturer um, did this full time whilst bringing us both up and uh, I really just saw how hard she worked really um, from a very young age and how dedicated she was to uh, I guess bringing home the bacon and doing what needed to be done and she was very much um, uh, an inspiration to me and still is now. She's always been very supportive of my work and what I've wanted to do and really kind of never held me back and encouraged me to do and achieve everything that I want to achieve in life um, right through my education to uh, launching my own business and to now doing what I do now, really. Um, and uh, we did a lot of things together that uh, made money on the side so we used to buy and sell cars so from the age of (laughs) um as a teenager um when I was learning to drive I would um buy cars with my mum my mum would do them up and we would sell them for and split the profit brilliant um so and then we used to do a lot of car boot sales as well and markets and things like that where I learned very quickly how to negotiate and how to um buy and sell pretty much any kind of product out there and sell it for a profit so I learned very much about profit margins and things like that from a very young age and you're talking from about the age of 10 or 11 Um, and so really for me I was always a very young entrepreneur and wanted to um, always find ways to make money um, any way I could Um, and I was very kind of determined to do that from a very young age and I think my mum had a, a you know a large part in that really that's a hello to Fiona's mum is she listening <laughs> yeah. Victoria yeah. hi Victoria <laughs> hi mum so you're, you're the reason why Fiona's here today and, we're, and she's now uh, being listened to probably in over 50 countries this will be listened to over the next uh, few months so uh, mm-hmm. well done so tell us you know you you spent all of that time with a very inspirational uh, mum and she was uh, helping you sort of understand entrepreneurial yes. things. Um, what do you think were the, the real key lessons that you learned from her? And how did that help you with setting up uh, your business, RSVIP? I think uh, just to the positivity that my mum got and the determination that she'd got, the characteristics of her as a person really more than anything. And just the people that I was surrounded by. I come from a family of very strong women, um, right from my nan, who's now 93, who mm. had five girls. My mum's one of five, and all of which have gone on to do pretty amazing things. My auntie um, is, is one of the heads of the NHS, and she um, travels all around the country and does good work for um, also Unison and places like that, and also, um, sorry, organisations like that. She uh, runs boardrooms of and talks to, you know, boardrooms full of people, manages lots of people. So for me, um, I come from a family of, of quite strong entrepreneurial business women anyway. Um, and so for, for that reason, that's really kind of made me, I think, and, and encouraged me to do what I do now with, with, with what I do in business. But yeah, I mean, RSVIP is something that I've been doing for eight years. But before that, I think I was always... <laughs> destined to be in business in some way shape or form excellent and you're from you're from nottingham which was uh, robin hood territory yes, for anybody who indeed, uh, yes. who uh, who's wondering where about uh, fiona's from so um well so you've had a lot of uh, really positive role models in your life which yeah. is which is tremendous it's very fortunate isn't it to have that Absolutely, yes. Um, I mean, obviously with my mum and my auntie um, and other people in my family, um, I think that's obviously helped. But 
ultimately I think you've you've got to have a certain amount of that within you as well mm. um a certain amount of entrepreneurship which I, I believe I've got I've always been hard working I've been I've done all the different stages of education I went to university straight out of college um I I've never been without a job I always worked hard I had a job from the age of 13 um in the family business which is a chain of hairdressers in Nottingham that we own I never wanted to qualify and be a hairdresser um, but I wanted a job and I wanted to earn money and so I did that whilst I was at school um, and throughout college and throughout university part-time weekends and in holidays um, just to earn you know very little but at least it was my own and I wanted to earn money to call my own so that I could go out and spend it independently and not mm. have to rely on being given it by my parents um, and obviously like I said before my mum was a single parent anyway and she didn't have a lot to give so I felt as though I wanted to kind of emulate what she was doing and go out and work which is what I did really. Um, so yes, I did work from a very young age at the hairdressers <clears throat> and that taught me um, a lot about social skills um, and I was dealing with in customer service a lot. So I was dealing with um, a lot of, shall we say, the much more mature generation in the hairdressers <laughs> <laughs> who were lovely. Um, and so yes, it definitely taught me good social skills and it was a really good start to my working life really. Excellent. So t tell us about you know, RSVIP. What does it do? So RSVIP is a business network which was uh, launched by myself in May 2008. Uh, originally, it started out as a privilege card, which the idea was to sell the card, £40 a piece, and it would save people money. Um, launched in the recession. Some would say that was either brave or stupid. <laughs> um, I'm glad I did because I'm still around now. Stood, stood the test of time. Um, but originally, the the actual concept and brand of RSVIP was was a privilege card which would save substantial amounts of money in bars and restaurants. So it's almost like a discount card. Mm. Uh, it was never going to make a huge amount of money. So um, from there, it then developed and diversified into event management. Um, and so I started planning events for other people and under the brand, and that would be social events mainly. So things like fashion shows, exhibition previews. Um, black tie dinners that kind of thing yeah. and that's what I really enjoyed doing um, and then from there it really kind of um, went into more of the business network side of things purely uh, I think really it, it was a natural organic progression because a lot of my clients that I was working with at the time in the event side of things um, happened to be uh, corporate firms and uh, SMEs a nice combination I was making a lot of contacts in the business world at that time and um, I saw a real niche gap in the market for uh, a network in my city of Nottingham that um, brought these people together in business. Um, there wasn't really much out there that were doing it at the time, eight, eight and a half years ago. Um, don't get me wrong, there were business networks out there, um, but there wasn't anything uh, that I particularly got excited about attending, mm. if I'm honest with you. Um, I was a young 20, I was in my early 20s um, and there wasn't a lot that kind of excited me in the sense that I felt that I wanted to network and make new connections but I didn't feel I was going to enjoy doing it and so what encouraged me to launch RSVIP was uh, the fact that I uh, felt that there needed to be a network out there or a network of events that were enjoyable that would attract people, that people would look forward to attending, as opposed to getting out of bed in the morning dreading going. Yes. <laughs> you know? um, so, so for me, it was more of a personal reason why I launched what I do now, um, through the need of it, really, and through yes. the lack of it. 
yes um, in what was available at the time yes so so what in what ways do people when they're organizing events get it wrong um i think you know i think a lot of people do think that they can run an event you know and i'm all for encouraging people to try something new um but you know i think with events it's one of those things where whatever industry you're in um I think people almost see running an event as something that they can do on the side almost Mm. um, as maybe a marketing tool for helping them to build connections for their business, which is very clever strategy. And actually a lot of people are bringing networking into their marketing now um, because of that reason, because it is a great way to develop new relationships and and ultimately gain new business. Um, But um, I think people almost go into it thinking it's going to be a lot easier than what it actually Mm. is. I think a lot of events organisers that do it for a living make it look easy so that when the guests come and they look around and they have a great time, they think, actually, we could do this. And then they go away and they try and do it and it, it fails miserably, sadly, a lot of the time. And I think the reason behind that is because I think a lot of people forget um, that, you know, it's all well and good booking in caterers and booking in um, the structure of the event itself, which is still difficult, but, you know, it can be done quite easily. Um, with an efficient person behind it Um, but it's about getting the people there and the right kind of people there and I think that's what a lot of people miss is you know the demographic who is your target market who are you actually aiming at this at who do you want in the room Um, and uh, how are you going to get them there yes (laughs) you know and I think you know that's kind of the questions the fundamental questions a lot of people forget to ask themselves so that they come to the point where the events you know, it's the night before the event and they've not got enough people on the guest list or sold enough tickets and they have to unfortunately pull it because, you know, it's not happening for them. And they wonder why, mm. you know. So, yeah, I so, think there's a lot to bear in mind with planning events. So what you're, so what you're, you're saying is it's, it's not, it's, there's a bit of a logistical piece, but it's mm-hmm. actually is a big marketing piece as a component as well. Absolutely. And you've got to get that right. Absolutely. And a lot of people don't actually know what marketing is really. I think if you can grasp the concept of what marketing actually is, as a gen- as a general, you know, as a generic thing, you can in- implement marketing into anything. Hmm. But you just have to understand what it is and understand the platforms in which you can use um, within what marketing, you know, it actually is, and and some of the platforms you can use to assist with your marketing in whatever businesses it is you do and whatever industry that you're in. Um, so, for example, social media. There's a lot of people that haven't grasped it yet. Um, and I think if you don't grasp social media now in the time that we're in, you're going to get left behind, um, uh, unfortunately, because it's the digital age. You know, we're all on websites. You've got to have a website for your business. It's the window to your business. And if you don't, you know, you really, people are going to go to your competitor who have got one. And it's the same with social media. Um, and it's the same with lots of other platforms within marketing. And networking has one of the, become one of those platforms for marketing now. Um, and it's being taken very seriously as well. Um, and a lot of a lot of corporate firms and a lot of businesses are, like I said before, implementing it into their marketing strategy and allocating budgets budgets for it now. Um, so, uh, so it, it's really important. Yeah, I think it was um, we had a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, Dan Cashel and. Dan said to me that one of the mistakes people make today is they think they're in a, a business-to-business environment, but actually it's not a business-to-business, it's a people-to-people yeah, environment. And, and I think you know what you're saying there is with introducing networking and events into what you do, it's uh, 
it, it, it is about building relationships, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, that's the fundamental thing not to forget is that it is building relationships and connecting. Um, networking is, the word networking is being used and thrown around so much now, I think, and it's almost being overused. I prefer the word connecting to networking anyway, personally. I think it says a lot more. Hmm. It's a lot more descriptive about what actually networking is. Um, and actually people buy people, don't they? So when you meet somebody in everyday life, um, whether it's in a business scenario or not, you know, you um, connect with that person and you know that if you don't connect with that person that you don't really care if you never see them again. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you associate and surround yourself with the people that you feel um, connected with and that you actually enjoy their company um, and that you feel that you want to actually spend that time with that person, whether it's like I say in business or not. And, you know, there's so many people doing what you do in business as well in, in the same industries, you know, that's very rare you'll find an industry where you're the only person in that mm. industry. You've always mm. got competitors. Yeah. So I truly believe that, you know, um, if you aren't a likable person and you don't open yourself up to um, that person that you're talking to and try and be as likable and, and nice as possible, um, then, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to go straight down the road to your competitor. They're not going to care about you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they're more likely to buy from you as well. So, Excellent. Well, we're going to go to commercial break now. Um, I think great, great uh, segment there. And I think that's a really good, you know, great distinction for people. It's not networking. A better description is connecting. Um, so after the break, we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about some of the key components of, uh, of great events and uh, how do you attract people to come along and attend uh, your event in, in good numbers. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper i'm with fiona duncan we're talking about how to run and attend great events so 
So what, um, Fiona, are the key components that we need to consider when putting on a great event, do you think? I think uh, preparation is a massive one. I think, you know, a lot of people do think that they can, uh, as I said before, run an event and just put it on and do it all last minute and kind of, you know, book a room, um, book a caterer, get some drinks in the room and then fire out an email and hope that people will turn up. Um, I think it's about communication and preparation. So if you are going to put on an event, I would definitely advise to keep that communication consistently throughout the moment from the day one that you actually launch the event to the event itself because um, it's no good sending an email out and then expecting people to respond and book tickets and RSVP and all of that and then not see them or, or have any contact with them until the actual night or day of the event. You know, I would definitely say there needs to be three or four steps leading from the moment of initial contact um, to the actual event. So email people, ring people, tweet them, mm. you know, that kind of thing, just to, just to keep in their heads and their memories because life gets in the way you know we all we all have busy lives you know that as much as you'd like to think your event is the be all and end all of their life it, it actually unfortunately isn't most of the time <laughs> and you know they have you know people have wives they have husbands they have children there's sickness that gets in the way there's holidays there's work there's life so you know and and a lot of the time people will get more than one invitation as well um in 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 the, into their inbox on a daily basis or a weekly basis so I would definitely say keep in contact with people, remind them that you're there, remind them that the event's still happening um, and, and, you know, make sure that you you um, keep that consistent um, contact because it, it ensures that you get the numbers that you actually want as well and you get the right kind of people there. How, how, uh, you know, how far in advance do you think we should, uh, we should uh, start you know, planning and marketing for an mm. event because I, I wonder sometimes if people don't give themselves enough time. Absolutely. It takes a lot longer to plan an event than what most people think. So, for example, with my business network events, because I have a database of members as such, um, they know to diarise in their diaries and save the dates of, say, for example, the last Thursday of every month. So they know what to expect. So then what we do is send our invitations out about three weeks prior and they get about three weeks notice of every event and then it, within that three weeks we probably communicate with them with about on a weekly basis mm. for about three times mm. leading up to it but if you're putting on an event an event for the very first time and you're not a network or you're not a membership and people you're contacting people almost coldly as opposed to warmly or hotly then i would definitely advise that you um contact those people um a lot more often and a lot more sooner a lot sooner in advance because uh, you need to ensure that they uh, know what to expect uh, with the event and also that they don't think that you're spam for a start yes <laughs> <laughs> yes so i think i think that's um yeah that is is kind of key isn't it to give yourself the the time yeah. uh, to do it properly really because if you're going to put on an event you might as well do it well didn't you absolutely and it also depends what kind of event it is to be honest chris i mean for example if you're selling tickets or tables for a black tie event and you're wanting five six seven hundred pounds for a table then i would definitely say give yourself more time to sell that room because yes. if you're trying to fill a room of 100 120 people and you've got to sell you know x amount of tickets for x amount of price you know, um, you, you need to make sure that you give yourself enough time to do that. Selling a room is not an easy task. You know, I've done it a lot of times mm. and, um, you know, and it never gets any easier, to be honest. Um, when you're 
when you're sending sending an invitation out to an event that's actually free, you'd think it'd be easier, but it's not. No. Because filling a room with people that are paying for tickets or whether they're coming for free, actually there isn't much of a difference. The only difference I'd say is that with any event, even if you're thinking of doing a free event and inviting people along, just charge a nominal fee, charge like £5 a head even, because that way people are more likely to come if they've paid for it and got yes. into the trouble yes. than if they've just ticked a box and said, yes, I'll come along. They're less likely to commit to it. And then, you know, again, life gets in the way. The event comes around. They don't feel 100%. They get, they're quite tired. They think, oh, well, I haven't paid for it, so I won't go. Yeah. And half the time they don't even let you know. You know, they just don't turn up. Yeah. Um, so if they if you charge a small fee, you know you're more likely to get people to think, well, I've actually paid for this, so I will go, and it adds value to your event as well. Mm. So are there other things that you can do to attract people to events, or is it more just as, as marketing? Do you put point of difference with the event, or absolutely? I mean, always have a USP for your event. There's so many events out there. I would say you know you need to try and stand out from the crowd. Um, and try and incorporate different things into an event to make you stand out from the other 10 million that are out there. You know, there's a lot going off now, especially in the city of Nottingham. Um, You know, I must get, I mean, this is probably because I'm in the industry that I'm in, but I probably get about a handful of event invites a day. Mm. And that's quite a lot. And I do have to pick and choose which ones I go to because of that reason. I don't want to be seen to be going to the opening of an envelope, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it gets to the point where you get photographed at these events quite often in the local press and it, it's a bit like a where's Wally situation yeah. you know <laughs> but, um, but yeah I mean it's nice to be in that situation and I'm not complaining but you certainly have to make sure that you stand out from the crowd with your event and try and pick a USP whether it's the style and format in which you're going to take and um, whether it's the detail and I always am a bit of a stickler for attention to detail and I think that's one of the reasons that RSVIP has become so successful because we do focus a lot on detail of everything and, and I always believe you're only a, as good as your last event so you know it's very important to make sure that every event that you do you treat it like it's your first yes and um, one that you've ever done and put absolutely everything into it because the worst thing you can ever do in events is become complacent and expect that the people that supported you three, four, five, six, six, six times previously at your events are going to carry on because as soon as somebody else launches something similar to you, if you don't move forward 10 steps to them, those people that you that supported you will just go to them. Mm. So it is about, you know, my, my, I've always said that staying 10 steps, not just one or two steps ahead, but 10 steps ahead of everybody in the game that I'm in is something that keeps me comfortable in what I do <laughs> and helps me sleep at night. <laughs> so how do you um, how do you best act as a host at these sorts of events? Hosting, um, you know, keep it simple, be nice. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a really simple thing to say. And most people would say, well, that's obvious. Because when you're an event host, of course you're going to be nice. But actually, you'd be surprised. I mean, how many people would could probably say to me right now, if I asked them how many events they've been to, and the first con- cord- contact that they've had on the door, whether it's someone managing the guest list or welcoming them, has had a face like thunder and, you know, just not really being very friendly. Um, and that's, you know, the image of the event. And I have been to quite a few of those events where people on the door haven't been as friendly as they could be. Mm as welcoming as they could be you know some people have been quite rude and you just think actually you know these are the people that are representing you 
So they might not be the people that are running the event. There might be people that people that are running the event have hired. Yes. But even so, you know, choose your staff very carefully as well. Even if you're just hiring someone for the night, um, promotional staff, you know, who you don't really know that well, whether it's through an agency or whatever. I think it's so important because they are the window to your event. And first impressions count. And if you're going to an event and they aren't, you know, representing your brand as well as they should be, it's going to have a massive knock-on effect on you and your business. It's a really good point, though, isn't it? And that you could easily take on a company to to to, to manage that, mm. uh, and um, but actually never see the people who they employ until mm. the day that the delivery happens, Absolutely. which could be a problem. So yeah, it's worth checking them out carefully, isn't it, and yeah. finding out who's coming and. Absolutely, and, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it goes without saying. Um, I, mean, I built a really good team around me. It's almost a dream team now with RSVIP. Uh, you know, vet people very carefully in terms of anyone I bring into the events. We have a lot of people that come to our events. We have an average of 100, 130 people a month. And these are all business key decision makers and professional people. So they expect a certain amount of um, treatment and, uh, you know, like anyone would, you know. And so everybody has to be briefed and everybody has to know what to expect. Um, you know, if we have people that are new to the event and that they've never been before, then they'll, you know, almost get extra special treatment. Mm. And, you know, we'll put on the guest list, we'll put notes on the guest list so that my staff will know who to, um, you know, almost facilitate a bit more on the night and that kind of thing. Um, if, if with it being networking, a lot of people are very nervous about networking if they've not done it before as well and they come to our events. And, um so they may contact me and say how nervous they are, but they want to come, but they're a little bit, you know, mm. and I've spoken to them and had that conversation with them. So then a note will go on the guest list and my staff will get briefed about that person in particular so that they can be facilitated a bit more and looked after and introduced into groups, you know, and integrated a bit more manually, shall we say, yes. as opposed to being left, you know, to, to do it themselves because we want everybody at our events to have the best experience possible. Um, otherwise, they're not going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sort of thinking about some of the, you know, some of the company events I've been to when, uh, you know, they, they get, get a load of people in a room and then someone presents at them about some technical products and services and there's a little bit of opportunity to have a chat over lunch and then they yes. disappear and people don't get to know each other or... Yeah, um, that's right. Uh, it can which, be quite impersonal. So got to, I, think, yeah, I think it's really helpful for companies actually who are, you know, thinking about yeah. how do they do it. A few weeks ago, I was at an event and um, the ticket prices were over £400 for the event. Right. And you got greeted by a really nice person as you walked in. It was lovely. Yeah. Uh, and would you like to go and have a coffee, sir? And uh, walked it into, into the sort of coffee area. Would you like a bun with that? Yeah. That'd be £3, please. Oh. Yes, and that's just that's the awkward silence moment, isn't it? <laughs> and everybody was looking around, and the, the copy of the conversation. Oh, wasn't oh, expecting I was going to pay for this. Oh, you know, yeah. that's just ruined it all now. Don't even start. You've only been in there one minute, two minutes. <laughs> yeah, and and again, don't do that. That's one thing not to do. <laughs> don't charge a guest and put on fees that you've not um, pre-told them about. Yeah. Yeah, the element of surprise is not always a good one. No, certainly there's a fairly high ticket price <laughs> as well. Yeah, <laughs> you don't expect yeah. that. So. Four hundred pounds. They could have thrown in the, the queen bun for free, really, couldn't they? They, I think. they could have done. Yeah, <laughs> I expect to chat to the queen for that. Absolutely. Not just <laughs> <laughs> and a so, gold pen. So, so you, so you've got people there, and you want to keep on. You know, so maybe a start of a relationship. You want them to either, you know, come back again to another event or engage with you as a company. What yeah. What are your thoughts on that after the event? And what What should you do? 
Well, always follow up, really, is um, the three words I would advise. I mean, follow up, follow up, follow up. It's so important because so many people forget that when you go networking. It's so easy. Again, incorporate. You spend all this time planning to go to a networking event, preparing, allocating time out of your busy working day in life. If it's an evening event, you're taking yourself away from your family and your kids to be there. Yes. And actually, if you're not then going to make the most of the opportunity by following up afterwards and inve- when you've spent all that time investing in conversations with people as well and swapping business cards, and then you go home and three weeks later, that business card's still in that same inside pocket of your jacket, you know, um, what? what's the point? And I, I, I really do reiterate that following up is, is a huge deal and you, you mustn't forget to do it because, you know, it's wasting your own time and energy and all you're really harming is yourself by doing that. Um, I would definitely say follow up with an email after you've met somebody at an event. Um, you know, you should be swapping business cards anyway. You shouldn't be going to a networking event without a business card. Um and uh, you know drop that person an email the next day really while it's fresh in your mind while it's fresh in theirs and just say you know it's great to meet you keep it really natural keep it really you know laid back but just say it's really great to meet you um, last night at the event or yesterday at the event Um, if you'd like to have a catch up over a coffee at some point it'd be great to find out more about your business Mm. and it's not about giving it the hard sell and selling yourself it's about actually acting keen and wanting to learn more about them and how you can help them um, I think it's very important to be that person that um, that, that, that comes across uh, as the generous person as opposed yes. to the taker. And uh, and also being the connector and wanting to find out how, you know, how they want to p- p- progress in their businesses, what kind of people they want to meet. If you've got anyone in your network that you can introduce them to, because that then puts you almost in a strong position and a leading position for them to respect you as, as knowing what you're really talking about. Mm. You know, and, and also um, them thinking, actually, I want to know this person a bit more. You know, they seem quite well connected. And, you know, maybe I can offer them some help as well in the meantime. And they're going to be grateful to you for that as well, if, especially if you do make a really useful introduction to them at some point. And, um, you know, they'll remember you for next time they need the service that you're providing. Yes. So you've got a, just got a couple of minutes left till yeah, we no go problem. to commercial break. But do, to you, is there, is there a bit of, you know, with people in terms of looking at what you can give as opposed to look what you can take? Definitely. I think it's, that's what networking is. And I think that's a mistake that people, a lot of people do make with networking is they go to an event and think that it's all about the hard sell and that they're just there to sell their product and business. And then they come away and they don't get a sale and they think that was a rubbish network event. I'm not going to go back there again. And mm. it's not about that. You know, it's about educating people as to what networking actually is and that networking is building relationships, as you said earlier, Chris. And I think it's about making sure that people understand why they're there um, and then they won't be disappointed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to get to commercial break again and um, we'll be back with you in just a couple of minutes to uh, to really look at. you know, some of the things that we can do to kind of overcome things like our fear of networking that some people have and you know, how we can really make our networking experience elevate um, our business. Um, so we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. Do join us. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. 
Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi chris cooper i'm here and i'm back with fiona duncan we're talking about uh, about um uh, running and attending a great event uh, now how do you kind of elevate the performance of your business by attending a networking experience? Is there, you know, how, how do you really justify it once you get back into the office to see your boss or something like that, particularly if it's in work's time? Um, I think when it comes to networking and going in work time, obviously, for example, we have a lot of law firms who are corporate members of our network who send a lot of sort of solicitors along and they might be trainee solicitors in particular who are quite new to the role and they just want to get themselves out there, get the confidence with speaking to new people that they've never met, that kind of thing. That in itself is value. Um, because um, networking really teaches, you know, social skills and and not everybody has natural social, brilliant social skills. And so um, certain roles and job roles do require to have, you know, the best social skills possible, especially if you are something like a solicitor, a lawyer, or if you're in sales, for example, and you you come into contact with a lot of customers and people, Mm. networking with people that you've never met, conversation starting, that kind of thing is a real good practice and real good value. Um, for you in your in your job role and that will obviously give you self-development personal development to hopefully help you in your job role and help um, improve you um, and your job role um, and then as such as a knock-on effect we'll we'll hopefully bring in the uh, the uh, sales or the money or whatever it is that you're aiming to do with it within your business and please your boss so yeah it does add value in that sense but also networking in sense of a bringing in the ROIs um, monetary terms is that you know ultimately we're all there to network and gain new business and generate new business um, from it but it is a slower process um, and I think that it's about um, as I said before making sure that everyone's aware of that when they are networking and that it's not going to be a case of going to a networking event and coming back with a sale and saying to your boss look I've sold this that would be a massive bonus if it happened and Mm. often that can happen as well but ultimately it's about building those relationships that will help you and that could be new suppliers that you you meet that could save you money in the long run with your expenses of your business it could be new uh, strategic partnerships um, that could actually um, benefit your business as well 
Um, so ultimately, there's a lot to gain from networking. It's not just about generating sales, but it's um, about generating relationships and contacts. Yeah. So so it seems to me like when you're attending events that you should maybe take some time to consider why you're actually going in the first place and maybe checking out who might be going, perhaps? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that comes down to preparing. So, you know, we've focused on following up before, but also equally equally at the other end of the spectrum is to make sure that you do prepare for an event as well properly because um, it's all well and good saying yes to 10 events a week, um, thinking that you're being proactive and productive by going to them. But if you're not really sure why you're going to them and you're not planning ahead um, and you're not sure who actually is going to be in attendance there as well, um, it's a missed opportunity for you. You've got to make the most of every opportunity. As I said before, it's your time that you're putting into it. So why would you go somewhere if you're not sure who it is that's at el- who else is going, you know? And some tips that I would say would be to uh, make sure you can see the attendance list of a networking event before you go so that you know who else is going to be in the room, mm. what kind of industries are there aside from you. Uh, if there's any key people that are going that are on that list that you've been dying to meet before that you can make a beeline for at that event um, or that you can ask for an introduction for. And there's no harm in doing that, you know, if if you can get hold of the organiser and there's someone in particular you really want an introduction to, there's no harm in asking that organiser, can you please try and facilitate it? That's a good idea, yeah. Can you, can you try and hook us up, basically, on the night or on the day and introduce me to this person? You know, and that's ultimately what these people are putting these networking events on for anyway, is to connect people. So they'll probably be t- delighted to help you. So don't be afraid to ask for, for introductions as well, I think, is a good tip. That's a really good tip. Because some people really fear networking, don't they? And, and yeah. you know, what I thought was interesting, what you said earlier, was about actually there's almost a training self-development opportunity by going, you yes. know, to actually face into your fear mm-hmm. and, and learn some skills that could be really useful. Mm-hmm. So is, is, is that is that you know, the percent recommendation you'd have Um yeah. You know, for people who are do fear it, would you you know feel the fear and go uh, you do know go anyway? anyway yes. Absolutely, as Susan Jeffers says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I think you know it goes without saying that I'm all for putting yourself out of your comfort zone and doing things that you're not altogether comfortable with. And I think everybody as human beings should do that at some point. I think it's easy to become complacent in life and in your job in business and and that's a dangerous place to be really I think you should always be striving and challenging yourself uh, as much as you possibly can and are able um, and particularly in business because there's always going to be a competitor out there that is going to do something else that you're not doing so um, to self-develop yourself is a huge great deal and it's an achievement and it's something that you should be proud of and to put yourself out of the comfort zone um, is something that you should be proud of and, and happy of once you happy to do once you've done it you know it's a great achievement to do something that you fear and then to say that you've done it yes and um, so if you do fear networking and it's something that you've avoided up until this point I would definitely say get yourself booked onto a, a networking event the next one you get invited to challenge yourself and say yes to it um, you know Again, find out who's going, do your preparation a little bit. That might ease the nerves a little bit as well if you do do your preparation because um, the fear of the unknown as such is is always one to to think of. So if you are a bit more prepared, perhaps you won't be as nervous. Mm. Um, And even be honest as well and tell the organiser that you've not been to a networking event before. And I'm a little bit nervous about it. So if you wouldn't mind, you know, introducing me to a few people when I'm there, I'd really appreciate it. 
you know, again, they'd be more than happy to help, no doubt. So, you know, it's a case of just being honest, really, um, and uh, and breaking yourself into it slowly. Because once you've got the first one out of the way, I assure you that, that you know, the, the second and the third and the fourth aren't, aren't anywhere near as bad. It's just getting that first just getting yourself there and getting the first one out of the way and then you know you'll be thinking why on earth was I nervous you know in yeah. the first place it's one of the things I've, I've noticed with with networking events and is that quite often uh, people who know each other they gravitate towards each other mm. uh, you know how sh- it's obviously nice to to meet up with friends and and you know reaffirm relationships um however you know, should we make the effort to meet some new people when we go as well? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the answer to that. Um, again, don't waste your time going to a networking event if you're just going to talk to your mates all night or all day because um, it's great to catch up with people and to strengthen existing relationships. That's very important because, um, for example, Paul, the Paul, the Paul, the people events you might only see once a month when you go to that event um and you already know them you're already comfortable with them say hello it's great to have them as almost your base point is what i call it so when you walk into an event and you see a familiar face um hi oh you know kevin hi nice to see you great to see you again how was that you know pitch you did last year last week that you told me about how did that go it's good to have that conversation point and base point to go back to should you find yourself in the awkward position at a networking event where you stood on your own and you haven't got anyone to talk to for a moment or two however you're actually ultimately there to make new contacts so you know again it's that placing yourself out of your comfort zone to use some of your conversation starters um, that you may have practiced beforehand and uh, go and introduce yourself to to a new face you know to remind yourself of your of your purpose in going, I Absolutely. suppose. Yeah, yeah. Set yourself a target as well is a good good tip, I would say. You know, always set yourself a target before you go to an event and say to yourself, right, I'm going to have, say, two quality conversations at this event. Um, if I come away with two new business cards that I feel that, you know, I've had some good quality conversations with, then that's, that's, that's good for me. Yeah. You know, so, uh, and then again, that'll make you feel good about going. Yes. Should you also, should you take care about too with maybe assumptions that you might make about people you know you can look at people and make a judgment can't you yes and sometimes you can get it completely wrong absolutely I think you know again that's down to character I think a lot of people um you know there are some people out there that will judge and stereotype just from image or whatever else it might be and that's sad really but you know at the end of the day whatever conversation you have with somebody if you feel that that conversation isn't really going anywhere and it's not relevant to you or your business and you can't have the attitude where you think I'm not going to get anything out of this person it's a waste of time and you want looking at your watch trying to ex you know trying to find an exit strategy quick of how you can get out of that conversation you know you're doing it wrong really because every conversation is actually a potential because you don't know who that person knows you don't know who that person's wife or husband is nephew niece friend you know that person might not be relevant to you as soon as they tell you what their job is or what business they're in it's all well and good you rolling your eyes and thinking oh no you know i've got to spend next 10 minutes talking to this person and it's just a complete waste of time and then you don't follow up with them the next day because of that as well because you think oh there's no point dropping them an email they can't do anything for me yes but in that time you have spoken to them, they may not have told you or divulged the contact that they have that may be able to help you because they may have picked up on your yes. disinterest in them and thought, oh, well, I'm not going to help you because you're being rude. You know, you're not yeah. paying any interest in me. 
so you know always treat every opportunity because with you know with respect really um and treat everyone with respect anyway you know it, it goes without saying whether you're in business or not but you know you just never know who people know and um i've been in situations before where i've spoken to people who who I've had that same, you know, in the early days of networking where I've thought I'm speaking to somebody, but I really don't understand what their job role is and I don't get it, you know. I don't, they're telling me, they spend 10 minutes mm. telling me it's what they do for a living and I still don't get it, you know. And I've asked several questions and it's still not sunk in quite what they do. And I think everybody's been in that situation. You think, yeah, yeah, I'm not quite sure what they do, but you never know who they might know, yes. you know. And so it's always worth staying in touch with those people and following up with those people as well. And just, you know, dropping them a polite email and saying it was good to meet you last night. You know, if you ever you're in the area or you know anyone that, you know, might want to come to one of my events at some point or whatever it is that you do for a living. You know, just keep in contact because you just never know. It's quite interesting. One of, as an event where one of somebody I know in my network who's been on the show, um, she put a slide up at a, at a big event and said, you know, these are seven people that I take out for dinner regularly and kind of get them together regularly and he said you know the uh, those people have generated for me millions and millions of pounds of, of 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 work and one of them there this this guy here actually he's never ever booked us directly but he's right. always referred you know referred yeah. us yeah. so i've never actually done any work directly for him but right. over the years i've had so much through him so you know yeah. you're, you're right with what you say oh, absolutely everybody's got their own network you know, and that's something to remember, really, with networking. That's that word. You know, everyone's got their own network of contacts. So whether the person that you're speaking to is, shall we, and I don't like to say useful, but if that person is not relevant or you don't think that person is relevant in terms of, for now, what they do in their business life or, or, or their business uh, and you can't collaborate with them for any mm. way at that time, you know, there isn't any reason why their network isn't something that you want access to. Yeah, who's got got a few minutes now till we we close? Time is uh, is really sort of whizzing by. Um, just a uh, you know how did how should someone sort of you know look out for an event and decide whether it's worth them attending or not? Should you, is there some criteria you should use for a business event? I mean, it's definitely looking at the demographic and who's actually going to be there, the attendance list, and as I said before, maybe checking the attendance list. If it's not being voluntarily given to you, then request it. There's no problem with that. Um, because really, you need to know your market. When you're in business, you, you should know your market and you should know who you're aiming at and who you want to meet. So um, it's about trying to find networking events that actually match your market, that are attracting yeah. the people and the industries that you want to connect with. Yeah. And it's as simple as that, really. And that's the main thing that I would, that's the main sort of aspect you should really be looking at when it comes to yeah. events. So is anybody uh, listening who's lives in the sort of you know, catchment area of eastern England, what might they expect if they come to an RSVIP event? Uh, we combine networking with social. So it's very much an enjoyable, relaxed evening. There are evening after work events from 6 till 8 p.m. on the last Thursday of every month as a rule. Uh, we host them in bars and restaurants around the Nottingham City area. So we use very relaxed environments, which hopefully in the uh, or does relax people into wanting to have quality conversations with one another. And it is about quality conversations as opposed to networking. Um, we have a structure, but it's it's quite a loose structure. And, and we do that because we want people to come and have a drink after work after a long day in the office and to wind down with like-minded professionals in the room and to enjoy having a conversation with people, uh, whether they've met them or not before. 
um, and to walk away and to go away having had a nice couple of hours and a nice time but also with a few new business cards in the pocket um, and a few new people to follow up with excellent well it's been brilliant talking to you before we before we go there i should just ask you if you've got any final message that you'd like to share with us yeah I mean really it's just thanking you Chris for having me on the show um, it's been great to uh, share a few of my tips and tricks in networking um, and you know I really just want to say to anybody who's not networked before um, to really just give it a go it's not as scary as you may think it's fun um, pick your events wisely and don't let a bad experience put you off keep going and keep trying with it it's a really really good really good um, point so some great thoughts there from fiona about how to run and also uh, to attend events uh, if you're in the uh, east of england um, then do check out an rsvip event i'm sure they're going to spread all over the globe at some point in the future um i've got absolutely no doubt of that uh, with uh, fiona's talents but lovely to talk to you today yes, thank you, Chris. Uh, and if you want to get um, check out the rsvip network it's rsvipnetwork.co.uk uh, you can also uh, follow Fiona at RSVIP underscore. Um, so do that. And on next week's show, uh, we have Dan Rome. And I'm very excited to have Dan on the show. Dan is an expert at uh, drawing uh, pictures, but utilizing those in business to win major, major pitches. His, um, his, his, his pictures, his, his, his doodles, which have been used to explain all sorts of things, including Obamacare, even taking him to places like the White House. So um, we've got uh, Dan Rome on the show next week. Uh, in the meantime, if you've got any questions, thoughts, do send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Do subscribe to our newsletter where we let you know of uh, future events and thoughts and that sort of thing. Um, so uh, wonderful to talk to you again and I wish you a fantastic week. We thank you for listening to the Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.